Welcome to the Bovine Ontario Animal Health Network Q3 update. I'm Dr. Cynthia Miltenberg, co-lead of the Owen Bovine Network. We have a couple of quarterly highlights for you today, including an update on diagnostic lab data, a review of epizootic hemorrhagic disease in deer in Ontario, an atypical case of bovine spongiform encephalopathy reported in Canada, and our global surveillance update, which will focus on Schmollenberg virus. First, I'll turn it over to Rebecca Egan, our network pathologist, to give us an update on diagnostic lab findings in the province. Thanks, Cynthia. Uh, thanks for having me here to outline some of the findings that we gathered from bovine submissions during our third quarter, which span from August to October of 2021. Uh, Salmonella update seems like a good place to start. So in uh, quarter three, there were a total of 210 bovine submissions that had bacterial culture performed. That is not including milk samples. Uh, Salmonella was isolated from 21 submissions, with Salmonella Dublin being the isolate in 21 of those submissions, and that represented about uh, 12 premises. So for comparison, in the last two quarters spanning from February to July of 2021, we saw about six to eight isolates uh, of Salmonella Dublin, and that came from one or two premises. Uh, so. As we typically see, primary findings associated with isolation of Salmonella Dublin were pneumonia and or colitis, uh, embolic hepatitis or meningitis, uh, and um, this was often found in association with septicemia. The majority of the cases that were identified were in uh, young beef cattle ranging from about one to four weeks of age, uh, but young dairy cattle um, calves were affected as well, and we also saw a case uh, of death due to septicemia with pneumonia and embolic hepatitis in a first calf heifer uh, uh, at about 35 days in milk. Aside from Salmonella Dublin, some of the other Salmonella isolates uh, that we found this quarter included Salmonella typhimurium, Uganda, Orion, uh, Montevideo, and uh, Branderip. And as we know, Salmonella infections have both health and economic implications, and reviewing measures for infection control and prevention are critical, uh, both within the herd and for individuals uh, working with these animals. Next, uh, moving on to a quick update uh, for BBDV. So um, a total of 389 PCR tests were performed in the third quarter with 31 positive results. And these were generally uh, identified as part of routine herd screening and represented approximately uh, five premises. Uh, in addition to this, uh, there were three pathology submissions uh, that had uh, BBDV IHC performed. Um, and of those three, there was one positive result and that came from an eight month old dairy heifer uh, who had been treated multiple times for pneumonia and uh, necropsy confirmed the presence of pneumonia, but also identified myocarditis with a really interesting uh, proliferative vascular lesion uh, evident microscopically, uh, something that we, we would kind of consider um, angioendotheliomatosis type lesion. And uh, with this um, and looking into literature and some, some other case reports, you know, we would suspect that this was a PI animal. Um, so uh, that, that was an interesting case that, that came across our desks. Uh, moving on, so summaries by category, starting uh, first with abortions. So in Q3, there were only 10 pathology submissions for abortion investigations, all of which came uh, from dairy. 
And a presumptive or definitive diagnosis was achieved in 50% of cases, which is pretty normal, as we know. Uh, and of the ones that had these diagnoses, um, they all had an infectious cause identified, two of which were bacterial, two being attributed to Neospora infection, and one being attributed to urea plasma. Next, when it comes to the young calves, so under two months of age, uh, we had 35 pathology submissions with the majority coming from dairy operations. Uh, the findings were pretty routine, uh, included cases of diarrhea or sudden death due to uh, enterotoxigenic E. coli. Uh, also some cases of necrotizing enteritis and septicemia uh, caused by salmonella, which, you know, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, cases of pneumonia caused by Mannheimia hemolytica uh, strep, salmonella, were those were kind of the common um, pathogens that we were seeing in pneumonia this quarter. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the typical bacterial arthritis, uh, viral enteritis, cryptosporidiosis, cecal infarct, uh, navel ill, and then also abomycetis or uh, abomasal ulcers or esophageal ulceration. So we, we had a couple cases of those as well. For older calves in the two month to two years uh, age range, there were 41 uh, pathology submissions and that was comprised of 24 from dairy and 13 from beef. Again, findings were pretty typical with cases uh, of uh, fibronecrotic enterocolitis caused by Salmonella Dublin. Uh, we had meningitis and otitis and bronchopneumonia with, associated with pathogens like Mycoplasma bovis uh, and Histophilus somni. Uh, BRSV pneumonia, black leg, polioencephalomalacia, uh, and also a case of cutaneous melanoma, which was interesting. Uh, we also had a case of malignant catarrhal fever, so MCF, in an approximately five-month-old beef calf uh, with a recent history of fever, nasal discharge, diarrhea, and then also the development of ataxia and a hypermetric gait. Uh, the diagnosis was confirmed with PCR results combined with the typical and gross and microscopic lesions. Uh, and yes, this animal had been housed in the same barn as sheep, which serve as, as a reservoir, uh, which reminds me, you might also recall back in uh, Q1 of this year, we reported uh, a case where sheep were being housed in close contact with cattle. Uh, and they started seeing an increase in, in weak-born lambs and some lambs being born with congenital tremors due to BVDV infection. Uh, and these types of cases, they serve as a good reminder about the potential for interspecies transmission of certain pathogens and the importance of strong biocurity measures. Uh, one other noteworthy case uh, was that of a dairy calf uh, from a herd experiencing increased post-weaning pneumonia. So necropsy of this one uh, confirmed pneumonia along with the presence of pericarditis, arthritis, meningitis, and septicemia caused by Salmonella Dublin. But what was interesting is uh, we noted concurrent isolation of uh, a different bacterium, so Galibacterium anatus. Now, uh, what caught my eye um, was that this is a gram-negative uh, Coccobacillus from the Pasteurellaceae family. And it has historically been considered an opportunistic pathogen of poultry and domestic birds. Um, I came across a recent 2020 paper out of Belgium uh, describing isolation of this pathogen, so again, Galibacterium anatus, from calves uh, that had unresponsive bronchopneumonia with some demonstrated uh, drug resistance. So I thought that was interesting and isolation 
uh, of that um, that pathogen from calves with bronchi bronchopneumonia, both on its own and as part of polymicrobial infections, like in this case with salmonella, is perhaps something to keep an eye out for. And finally, moving on to adult cattle, there were 37 pathology submissions with 26 dairy, five beef, one yak, and uh, five cases uh, where the submissions did not specify, uh, which is a bit disappointing. And um, unfortunately, a clinical history was also absent for 8% of submissions. Um, so that's something that uh, I just wanted to point out and just send a bit of a, a reminder that it, uh, it's great if we can get um, everyone to com complete, you know, a clear, concise uh, clinical history uh, with signalment and everything so that we can get all that information to the people here at the lab. Again, things were fairly routine with cases of bronchopneumonia, uh, peritonitis or hardware disease, a couple cases I think of hemorrhagic bowel syndrome, uh, traumatic injuries, fatty liver, mastitis, so pretty typical. Uh, there was one case of note uh, in a bison cow from a group that was showing clinical signs of malaise and arthritis, where necropsy revealed severe pleuropneumonia, uh, along with epicarditis, mastitis, lymphadenitis, and synovitis, uh, which was caused by mycoplasma bovis, uh, with the diagnosis being made you know, with compatible gross and microscopic lesions, accompanied by demonstration of the pathogen within the lesions via immunohistochemistry, and then also final confirmation uh, with PCR testing. And uh, one thing I wanted to mention as well is that because the lesions in this case had an appearance somewhat similar to contagious bovine pleuropneumonia, the CFIA was contacted in confirmatory negative testing for the causative agent um, of this disease, which is mycoplasma mycoides, was performed. So this case serves as a bit of a reminder as well for veterinarians about our obligation to report any case where a foreign animal disease is a potential rule out. Um, Again, for anyone that's working with uh, farmed bison, uh, mycoplasma bovis is an important pathogen uh, and it can be associated with pretty high uh, rates of morbidity and mortality in the affected herds. So again, yeah, for any practitioners working with bison, this is something to keep in mind and again, highlights the importance of strong prevention and control measures, uh, including strong biosecurity. And uh, for any uh, more information, uh, available on the OMAFR website. You can go, um, so for the Ontario bison industry, uh, there's fact sheets and information and topics including production and health management and animal welfare. Uh, and to access that, you can visit the livestock section on the OMAFRA website at omafra.gov.on.ca. Thanks, Rebecca. Our next update is on epizootic hemorrhagic disease. In October of 2021, there were four cases of epizootic hemorrhagic disease, also known as EHD, in deer in Gananoque Lake, Wolf Island, and Amitsburg. The deer were found near bodies of water. The Ministry of Northern Development, Mining, Natural Resources, and Forestry investigated and sent samples to the Canadian Wildlife Health Cooperative for testing. EHD is a viral disease of deer, and in rare cases, cattle and bison. Deer infected by the virus show clinical signs of fever, weakness, excessive salivation, and extensive oral ulceration, hemorrhages, and edema. The virus is carried by small, biting midges of the Culicoides species. 
The risk of deer-to-deer -deer transmission is unlikely, and a deer must be bitten by a midge carrying the virus to become infected. Canada is usually free of EHD, but sporadic outbreaks occur due to the incursion of midges carrying the virus from the United States. The virus is considered widespread among wild deer in the United States and has been reported in all states bordering Ontario. The last case in Ontario was in deer from the London area in 2017. EHD is typically seen in the late summer and fall. Although uncommon, when the virus infects cattle and bison, the infection appears to be temporary and most animals do not show any clinical signs. Sheep and goats do not seem to be affected by the virus. In severe cases in cattle, clinical signs are similar to deer and include fever, being off feed, eye and nasal discharge, swelling and hemorrhage, including swelling around the hoof causing lameness, excessive salivation and difficulty swallowing, and as well abortions, stillbirths, or malformed fetuses. Again, the infection is short-lived and most animals recover. The clinical signs of EHD may resemble other diseases, including bovine viral diarrhea, infectious bovine rhinotracheitis, malignant catarrhal fever, foot and mouth disease, and blue tongue. Bison and sheep and goats tend to have no clinical signs or only mild clinical signs. There is no specific treatment for EHD or commercial vaccines available in North America. During the fall of 2021, cases of EHD in deer were also identified in several other northern states, including Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Vermont, and Wisconsin. New York State reported one case of EHD in cattle in 2021, and, report, and Vermont reported two cattle cases. Midge activity ceases when the first hard frost occurs and any risk to livestock declines. There is no evidence that humans can contract EHD. Veterinarians and producers should be aware of this disease for any future livestock risk. More information or assistance can be obtained by contacting OMAFRA or the Diagnostic Laboratory and also reports of sick or dead wildlife can be sent to the CWHC. Next, we have a national report. On December 17th of 2021, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency notified the World Organization for Animal Health of a case of atypical bovine spongiform encephalopathy, or BSC, in an eight and a half year old beef cow on a farm in Alberta. Atypical strains occur naturally and sporadically in all cattle populations at a very low rate and have been identified in older cattle. Atypical BSE has a worldwide distribution, even in countries where no classical BSE has been reported. The affected beef cow was euthanized on the farm and did not enter the food or animal feed chain. As this case has been confirmed as an atypical case, no further actions are required for the farm. The detection and reporting of an atypical BSC case will not affect the OIE negligible risk status of Canada. Thanks to the CFIA for sharing that information nationally with us. And now over to our global surveillance report. Our report today comes from Belgium. Animal Healthcare Flanders released a mid-year ruminant report that has linked more abortions in Belgian cattle to infection with the Schmollenberg virus during the first half of 2021 compared to the same period in previous years. The report summarized the results of abortion submissions to the Diagnostic Laboratory between January and June of 2021. In Belgium, all abortions are submitted for mandatory brucellosis and BVD testing, and other disease testing is often pursued in conjunction to determine the cause of abortion. Compared to the same period in 2020, significantly more PCR-positive cases for Schmollenberg virus were found in the abortions cases that were submitted in the spring of 2021. 
The share of positive tests was 21% in 2021, compared to 16% in 2020, out of the total number of abortions tested for Schmallenberg virus. The report notes that in 2021, 4.1% of submitted abortion cases showed arthrogoposis compared to 1.6% of submissions during the same period in 2020. 37% of the submissions with arthrogoposis tested positive for Schmallenberg virus via PCR or a thoracic fluid antibody analysis. Schmallenberg virus is known to cause a variety of congenital abnormalities to the fetus, including ankylosis and arthrogoposis, torticollis and scoliosis, and hydrocephaly. Disease causes transient clinical symptoms in adult cattle, such as fever, diarrhea, and reduced milk yield. Based on these results, the Belgian report suggests that circulation of the Schmallenberg virus in the summer and fall of 2020 was elevated, and animals in early pregnancy were affected, resulting in the abnormalities detected on abortion submissions. Schmallenberg virus belongs to the group of Orthobunia viruses, and like blue tongue virus, is transmitted by insect vectors, mainly culicoides smidges. Schmallenberg virus was first detected in Belgium in 2011. There is no treatment or vaccine available in Europe, and the focus is on prevention through monitoring and control of the vectors. We gratefully acknowledge the Animal Healthcare Flanders report shared on ProMed for this information. Thanks everyone for joining us today for this bovine Owen update. For more information and for veterinary and producer quarterly reports, check out our website at owen.ca.